Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tuesdays with Thomas. I'm your host, Thomas Acosta. I'm currently the president of the Shasta Christian Church up here in Redding, California. Uh, there's a couple of things that I want to discuss before we get into today's lesson. Uh, number one, uh, we received a positive turnout, uh, first of all, for this show, which uh, we are definitely excited about. But uh, to be even more excited about, uh, we sent out an email, uh, excuse me, we sent out an email address uh, for you guys to reach out to us. It's going to be a prayer list, um, and it's going to be between me and God. Uh, this this list is 100% private and confidential. It's going to be between me and our Lord Almighty. So uh, we did receive a lot of positive feedback in that regard, and I'm going to read uh, an email that I had received here uh, in regards to last week's show. So if you have any prayer requests, if you have any thoughts or anything that you just want to get off your chest, go ahead and email them to me. Uh, the email address is TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. That's TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. That's number one. Number two, if you guys listen to my first episode, you will notice that listening to me now, I sound a little bit different. That's because I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit. There was, um, there was some debate on whether or not I should even do this now, seeing as I'm going to be leading communion, I'm going to be leading our thoughts in a communion service here for our church this Sunday, and I'm going to, I'm going to need to save my voice. Uh, but if, if you guys can, can pray for me, pray for my voice, pray for my health, I would really appreciate it. Obviously, I am doing um, you know, the socially responsible thing, at least, as far as socially distancing and you know, wearing a mask. Uh, you know, I just I just want to make sure that I'm not getting people sick. Uh, I don't have a fever uh, or anything like that. It's just my voice. I think because I have two school age kids who are doing school from home uh, for the foreseeable future. You can imagine uh, that my voice wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be so well uh, in that regard. So uh, just pray for my voice to come back. Pray for my voice to uh, to carry on through into Sunday so that I can encourage you guys uh, with some scriptures here in the future. Okay, um, what I want to do here is I want to focus in on Luke chapter 23, and there is there are some passages in here that I want to highlight, and they're about Jesus' crucifixion. And I don't think there's any more, I don't, I, I don't think there's any more of a selfless act in human history, really, when you think about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Let's go over to Luke chapter 23. You know, when you look at Jesus' life, it was filled with one serving act after another. From feeding the 5,000 to raising people from the dead, healing people from their sickness and their blindness. I mean, Jesus' life was one serving act after another and that, of course, includes his crucifixion, which we'll highlight here. In Luke 23, verse 39, it says, One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him in verse 43, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me 
in paradise. Now, as I said, Jesus' life was filled with one serving act after another. He was asked to heal someone. He was asked to heal someone in the middle of him dying. He's hanging up there. Picture, if you will. He's hanging up there on a cross. He has one person on one side mocking him. And he has another person on his other side saying, save me. That's pretty crazy when you think about it, how divisive those two statements are, and you're right in the middle of it. I mean, how awkward would that be for you? You know, you're, you're, doing, you're there, you're getting ready to die, and then you got two people, two people that you presumably love equally. I'm going to presume that Jesus loved this man just as much as he loved the other burglar who was a little bit more humble. And they're both saying two different things. And they're actually arguing with each other. <laughs> I don't know. If I were Jesus, I'd be like, bro, like I'm the one dying here. Like, why are you guys arguing? <laughs> you know, like I'm the you guys are talking to me, and then you guys are arguing about me, and I'm 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 right here. Like it can't I don't I don't think I don't think it could get any more awkward than that. Or any more awkward than the way that I sound and trying to explain it. Point is, is that that must have been a very emotional time for Jesus, obviously. It was an emotional time for the burglars on his right and on his left. And it's crazy to think that you're lying there, essentially in your deathbed. You know you're going to die. And someone asks you, hey, Thomas, can you grab me that bottle of water over there? I'm kind of thirsty. Like, what? Like, what? What? Like, if I died, if I had a chance to be on a deathbed, right? And I don't know if I'm going to be on a deathbed. I, God can take me out in a snap of a finger, just like that. I don't know. No, I'm just saying, if I had the opportunity to be on a deathbed, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, man, I'm going to die. And my wife says, hey, you know, I'm kind of thirsty. Can you hand me that water bottle over there? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? What? This is about me. You know, but I, Jesus was, was, was so... He was so sympathetic. He was so selfless. He didn't think about his own death during that time. He didn't think about the pain that he was going through. All he did in that moment, he wasn't like, hey, you know what, bro? <laughs> These nails are a little rough. No, he didn't say that. But what he did say, that you will be with me in paradise. I will not forget you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The unselflessness in the, just in that moment. Jesus had the power to change eternity, and he did it right there in front of him. As he was dying. As he was dying. Probably not the most convenient time for Jesus to serve. You guys with me here? Probably not the most pressing issue on the docket for one Jesus of Nazareth. I'll tell you that right now. But the selflessness, the sacrifice, that's what separates Jesus from everybody else. You know, think about it for yourself. Where are you at? Where are you at in this scripture? Are you Jesus himself? 
I hope you are, and that, that's, I think that's what we're all striving to be. Are you the robber on the left or are you the robber on the right? Are you humble or are you bitter? Are you upset or are you forgiving? Are you in a situation now where you feel like you're carrying your cross? Jesus calls us in this very book to pick up our cross and follow him. And this is what Jesus is quite literally doing. He's literally bearing his cross. He's carrying his cross all the while making sure that the women of his ministry are okay. And oh, by the way, I didn't read it, but earlier in that chapter, he asks God to forgive the guards that are doing this to him, that are murdering him in such a horrific and violent way. And then for cherry on top, he tells one burglar, hey, you know what? You're coming with me to paradise. Did not think of himself once. Did not think of himself once. Where are you at? Are you Jesus? Are you at a point where you're like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm in a position to serve, but I'm in so much pain right now. I don't know if I can do it. Uh, you know what? I know God calls me to, to be righteous. God calls me to be pure. God calls me to, to be honest. It's, it's just, it's too much. I don't know if I can do it. Jesus did it. And the funny thing is, well, maybe not so funny, but the great thing is, is that Jesus did it. He's doing it now. And he will continue to do it long after our existence. This same message that I'm giving to you right now, the same message that you've heard probably hundreds of times before, this is going to be the same message that prayerfully my children will have. And they will be talking to them about Jesus of Nazareth and the great sacrifice that he made for our lives. Maybe, maybe you're the humble criminal. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but maybe you're the humble criminal. Maybe you're, you're the one that is just, you need Jesus. You need him. Good. Recognize that. Recognize that. Recognize that and hold on to it. But understand. Understand that Jesus is going to make it better. But look at Jesus' example. Look at what he's doing. Look at how sacrificial he's being. He doesn't need to do that for you. He doesn't need to think about him. He, he doesn't need to think about you in that moment. He's dying. That example that you see, that example that you read in scripture, allow that right now. If you're that humble criminal, allow that to motivate you. Allow that to cut you, to cut you spiritually and to motivate you into living the life that you know God is calling you to live. If you're the other thief and you're upset, you want proof of God. God, show me. Show me who you are. Aren't you God? You, you said you're God. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm here hanging on a tree. You know, I'm here struggling in my sin. I'm here acting the where where are you? Save us. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're that thief. 
Maybe not with that much velocity in terms of anger, but maybe your heart's there. I would ask you to consider that. I would also, I would also ask you to consider the same thing that I would consider or the same thing that I would ask the humble criminal to consider, which is look at Jesus' example. Look at Jesus' example. This message of the crucifixion is for the person on the left and for the person on the right. And no, I'm not talking politically. This message of Jesus is for the people in front of you and the people behind you. To your left and to your right and all around. Do you believe that? Do you, do you really believe it? Not just as a theory, not just as a nice story that we share on Christmas and Easter, but do we believe it in our own lives? It's very easy for us, I mentioned it last week, it's very easy for us to believe in something for other people because we, we're, we're, just, we're, we're not attached to that. We're not attached to that. It's, it's easy for us to love something or hate something that we're not completely invested in. But for you, yourself, your heart, your life, you know, this message is for everybody. For your enemy, especially your enemies, for your friends. But I want to highlight the enemies here for a second, because let's face it, here in America, we live in very divisive times. Do we believe that this message is for everybody? Or do we allow certain political leanings to influence whether or not they should be privileged, quote-unquote, to know Jesus. You know, this message is for everybody, for the people you love and for the people you hate. Historically speaking, this message is for everybody. Think of all the people that have walked around this world, people that have become cultural and political icons. Think of the dictators. You guys know them. I don't have to say them by name. Do you think this message is for them? Do you believe that this message for Jesus, that this message from Jesus, do you think that this message is for someone like an Adolf Hitler? Do you believe that this message of Jesus is for someone like Joseph Stalin? Do you believe that? The most brutal dictator ever in history. Do you believe that the message of Jesus is for them? Because I am here to tell you, it is. It's there for you. It's there for me. It's there for them. It's there for the burglar on his left and the burglar on his right. And I don't know if they were burglars, but they were criminals. I don't know why I just said burglars, but they're, they're criminals. The point is, the message is for them. The message is for everybody. But you can have two responses to it. I can't give you that response. I can't tell you what to do and how to do it. I, all I can ask you 
to do is to consider. God always wins. Jesus' life always wins because there's love. There's forgiveness. There's, there's that power to change your life through the help of God. Through the blood of Jesus. You could become a new person in your heart, in, in your mind. You could take the same thing, the same situation, the same trial. You could look at it without God. And then you look at it with God. You're going to have two completely different perspectives. Two completely different perspectives. If you look at the same situation without God as opposed to with God, I guarantee you, you will have two different perspectives. I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, to consider Jesus' life. I would ask you to, to pray for me. To pray for me because even though I've been a Christian for over 20 years, reading about Jesus' crucifixion is still one of the more convicting things that I will ever read because it calls me out of my selfishness. It calls me out of my arrogance. It calls me out of my foolishness. It keeps me humble. It should keep all of us humble. Brothers and sisters, we have an amazing opportunity here. I would ask you to consider this opportunity. Consider this opportunity this week on a way that you can live for Jesus in sacrificing the way that Jesus did on that cross. I'm going to end out in a word of prayer, and then I'll get to an email that I received here um, last week. So... Um, just go ahead and join me in a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to pray. God, thank you for um, this chance to open up your word, to get, some, to get some strength, to get some knowledge, maybe gain some conviction and insight in our own lives. God, you've given us an opportunity to live the way that your son lived to live a life of hope, to live a life of love. And that is so crazy to think because we just finished reading a scripture where he's dying. Only through you, God, can we find hope and find love through that. Through a violent murder, we can find hope. We can find faith through that. That is so incredible. That is such an incredible privilege. Help us to remember that this week. Help us to remember and consider your son and what role he needs to play in our lives and what characteristics we need to follow in the way that we can please you. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his ultimate example. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. Okay. So to round out the show, what we're going to do is I received an email. Again, the email address is TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. That's TuesdayWithThomas at gmail.com. This one is from Mike in Sacramento. It says, Thomas, how important 
is having friendships been in your walk with God? Um, well, Mike, first of all, thanks for listening. I hope you uh, subscribe to our show and, and I hope you are on the prayer list as well. Um, that is a very good question as far as friendships go. There, there seems to be sort of this... Um, uh, sort of this old wives' tale that you can go out and and be a Christian on your own. It's just me and God, you know. I, I back back in uh, the church I used to go to down south, and I'm pretty sure that they didn't popularize this term, but um, it's a term that I heard quite often, which was Lone Ranger Christianity. You're just kind of lone ranging it. You're you're just there. You're out on your own. You're by yourself. You know, Jesus was by himself for forty days, and and. Yes, be that as it may, but he also had a group of boys with him. He had the 12. You know, you read all throughout. I mean, you, you look at someone like Paul who was locked up for a period of time because of his faith. And his heart was, was, was to write letters to the disciples, to want to be with the disciples. He, he always talked about longing to be with them, to, to you know, have have that church or have those brothers and sisters in his life those friendships those friendships are so huge because there's going to be something that you go through in your walk with god that you may not even have the answer to when you open up the bible you know what you may not even have the answer then then what are you going to do well i guess i'm just going to figure it out you can't do that you could yes you could do that you physically could do that but your growth I think would be stymied if you took that approach. If you have other people in your life, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to listen to everything they say. You need to have a conversation with them. Bounce things off them. Not everything has to be, hey, you know, uh, I'm struggling with this sin. And then you have a brother or sister turn around and say, well, you need to do this and you need to read this scripture and you need to pray this prayer. And It doesn't need to be like that. It, that's not the type of friendship that I believe the Bible calls us to have. But I do believe that the, that the type of friendship the Bible calls us to have is one that is in love, one that's rooted in patience, one that's rooted in, in kindness to one another, forgiveness, because we are going to hurt each other. I think sometimes we hold back from... from involving friendships on a spiritual level because we're afraid we're going to get hurt somehow some way now you know what i just don't want to deal with it i just don't want to i don't i, I don't want to really get into someone's life it's just me and god anyway like we're cool you know i just i'm just going to lower my chances of being hurt so i won't open up to to any sort of friendships in my church or in my small group or anything like that you know i'll i'll come for the fellowship and for the coffee uh but anything outside of that uh, you know, no thanks. I don't want to get hurt. Well, I would refer you to Judas Iscariot, uh, one of the one of the biggest betrayers of all time. To be honest with you, um, you don't think Jesus was hurt by that? I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I I think that using that as a reason to pull back, you're only doing yourself a disservice. You're not doing anyone else a disservice. You're actually making things easier for your leadership if you pull out. If you pull away from the body and you're not as connected uh, with friendships or any sort of deep-rooted discipleship, you're actually doing them a favor. But in all honesty, you're the one that you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. So, Mike, to answer your question, it is, it is very important 
I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to hook up with your local small group or with your local church. Um, look, you guys don't need to be the best of buds. You know what I mean? You guys, you guys don't need to be best friends. But if there's someone there that can, that can, you know, spiritually guide you, counsel you, encourage you, pray with you, those friendships are going to just evolve naturally. There, there are a lot of friendships that I have that I would not have had it not been for God. That is the power of God. And I'm talking deep friendships, friendships that, you know, brothers that I've had in my wedding, brothers that I've, that I've poured my heart to, that I've poured my life to. You know, these are people that without God, quite honestly, I, I wouldn't know them. And so just don't, don't undervalue or don't underappreciate um, and don't underestimate the power of spiritual friendships. And there are plenty of examples in the Bible uh, that will help you, uh, help you kind of gain some insight on what those godly friendships should look like. Okay, so that's it for the emails. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe. Again, we're on Anchor.fm. We're hoping to expand, uh, expand on more platforms soon. Uh, I'll be back here next week with another lesson. Any prayer requests, anything like that, go ahead and send them. Tuesday with Thomas at gmail.com. That's Tuesday with Thomas at gmail.com. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Godspeed.